Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Today we've got a great malicious compliance story all involving the evil HR director. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, okay, boss, I'll hit my KPIs. This story came from five years ago when I worked for a small IT MSP company. We had four full-time techs, with the newest tech having about five years of experience, and me being the most seasoned tech with nearly 15 years of experience. Between the four of us, we managed about a thousand PCs and about 20 servers spread out over about 30 clients. None of us were assigned to a specific client. We would all take turns grabbing whatever tickets came in. All of our work was lump sum or contract work, so we never had to worry about how long a problem took to fix or how much it would cost the client. We had an account manager who handled all the billing and things with the clients. It was a dream job for a tech. We got to show up and do our jobs and not have to deal with sales or billing any other client drama. I not only had the most experience but was also the most self-motivated. I would often come in early and get started on the tickets that came in after hours, and I would assist the other techs if they came across a complex problem. Everyone, including the owner, referred to me as the senior tech, even though that wasn't my title. After two years working there, I decided to talk to the owner about a raise. I brought all kinds of information to our meeting, showing that I closed the most tickets and received the most positive feedback from a survey we sent our clients. He agreed to give me a raise, but said he wanted to think about how much to give me and that he would get back to me. A few weeks later, he called the company meeting and announced that he'd decided to change some things and that he would no longer be giving anyone raises. Instead, he would set up KPIs, key performance indicators, and the entire tech team would receive weekly bonuses based on hitting those numbers. I didn't like this at all as it meant my pay was dependent on the performance of everyone on the team and not just me. I found out later one of the other techs had also asked for a raise, so this was the owner's solution to pay us less. The KPIs were simple enough. If a ticket came in, we had to acknowledge it within 15 minutes to achieve a score of 100. If we missed the 15 minute window, the score for that ticket was zero. There were a total of 10 things we had to hit, including how long the ticket was open before we marked it as complete. If the total score for the week was above 90, we each received a $100 bonus. I saw major problems with this bonus system, and I shared my concerns with the owner. He got very annoyed with me and just said, Just hit the KPIs. Cue the malicious compliance. We all figured out pretty quickly how to game the KPI system. We could acknowledge a ticket in the system, but it didn't check if we actually called the client. We would just email and mark the ticket as reached out to the client. A big issue is that sometimes a client would put in a low priority ticket and ask that we schedule it for some time the following week, but that would make us miss our KPI. So we would start hounding the client to schedule it sooner and if they weren't available, we would simply close the ticket. We quickly learned to hit our KPIs and start getting a bonus every week. However, it caused our customer service to drop. 
which is exactly what I'd warned the owner of. During the previous two years, we had never had a complaint about our service, but now there were multiple complaints every week. This whole process added a ton of stress to us, as we all started to fight when someone missed a KPI, and we all started to work late on Fridays to try and get in those last few numbers. After two months, the owner finally realized he had made a mistake. He removed the bonus system, without giving us a raise, and asked us to go back to how things were. At this point, I was so stressed I'd already started looking for another job, and we'd lost two clients. I was the first to put in my two weeks notice, but before I left, the other three techs had all put in notice as well. The last I heard, the company had lost over half its clients, and the owner had to bring in several new techs, paying them over 20% more than I'd asked for my raise. It doesn't take a genius to break down the math, a small raise to satisfy whoever might want one that to that point has been providing adequate work is going to almost always be way worth it as opposed to trying to source a new employee, have to train them, and also pay that new person market rate unless you get some newbie that's probably pretty green. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, add to my workload with no extra pay? I worked for a small cell phone accessory company, My duties included creating tempered glass templates for each new phone to come out on the market. It also included all major tablets. I was also in charge of creating the packaging and art for advertising, along with online branding and adding the new product to the site. I also created templates for many laptops and tablets for vinyl wraps to prevent scratching. I had a full plate as it was. The company was sold to a new owner along with his partner. The person in charge of cutting the vinyl device protectors got a different job and left the company soon after. I was moved into her office and all of her duties were given to me with very little notice. Now I'm working in a very noisy office, having to interrupt my work constantly to keep the plotters going non-stop. I asked for a raise due to the extra workload and I was told no. Then I noticed that the new owner was holding interviews with several people. They'd walk through my office and say hi to me. I was let go a week later and the building of three employees was emptied as if I was some kind of threat when I came in to gather my things. I wasn't even allowed to get on the PC I worked on to take my own files. I got my things and left. The owner had no idea that I was saving the company a ton of money by photoshopping our products onto our packaging and had created a template to do so rather than having to use a professional photographer to get clean shots of each and every product for our packaging and promotional material. I tweaked the template and art for each product I created. I was contacted by them twice in the following weeks asking me to train my replacement and they'd paid me X amount to come do so. The amount went up each time, but I turned them down each time. I just thought, you kicked me to the curb, why should I help you? Looking at the site now, Nothing is customized or as clean as it used to be. Also, the site is on a completely different platform now. I doubt anyone knew it to the extent I did. I'm glad I don't work for them anymore. That workload got to be ridiculous. I did eventually get to go back and take my files. I didn't mess with anything business related. I just wasn't going to train someone to do something I developed when I was treated so poorly. 
This is great because a lot of companies might try to argue, oh, this work that you created or this process that you created belongs to the company because you did it for the company on the company's computers and whatnot, but it means nothing when they themselves don't know how to use it or do it. It's like their employee invented Greek fire, they fired them, and then realized, wait, we don't actually know how to make that Greek fire. Our next story is, can't take lunch because of training? I don't think so. In my mid-twenties, I worked for a multinational accounting firm. I, female, have always had a real firm policy for standing up when something doesn't sound right, irrelevant if it puts me in an awkward position. This story is how I maliciously complied and in turn made my director learn a lesson I hope she won't forget. We'll call her Karen, not her real name. Background on Karen, when she joined the team, we all liked her. She made great changes and we all got on well with her. But the moment she was promoted to director and had direct reporting to the partner, she flipped, became a complete different person and made our life heck. Previously, she spent her career heading up call centers, which was really evident in her management style, and for some reason made it her mission to cut costs in the team and go under budget. This affected everything. From telling us we didn't have a stationary budget for pens and had to take from other teams' stores, to only allowing a one-drink-one-course policy on team dinner events. This was a huge company, and other teams around us would go for fancy, all-expenses-paid social events, so we felt pretty put out. Her cost-cutting also extended to things like no overtime approvals unless way in advance, They didn't last long as we were understaffed, so quickly emergencies weren't dealt with, and hiring school leavers instead of graduates as they were cheaper, despite the work needing more experience. Her favorite saying to everything was, it's policy, or blaming HR or higher-ups saying whatever new thing, even if a new irrelevant spreadsheet would come from HR. Honestly, the amount of time HR spent on our little team in a company with 20,000 plus UK employees was astounding. Then came the day she booked an all-day training session from some external company to show us how to use a new system. She went on about it for weeks, was super excited that she brought in this new system. The training was intense, so freaking technical, mind-numbing, and most of all, expensive. So what would normally be covered over a few days was crammed into one full day. They were paid hourly. Shock. She sent an email advising how we're expected to attend. It'll go through the whole day and lunch would be provided, but it will be a working lunch, so training would also be through lunch. Needless to say, the thought of sitting in a stuffy room for 8 hours without a lunch break wasn't appealing. I asked for an exception, as I really relied on going outside for the hour at lunch for a break. I was in the midst of high anxiety at the time and my breaks got me through. She said it's policy that we would be expected to change our workday around to fit training, and there's no policy that requires her to allow me to go out. If I had an issue, I should check the HR manual. I think until now this statement usually worked for her, as no one ever really checked. I went one better. I went to HR. Cue malicious compliance. Using the effective wording of, for my mental health and well-being, HR replied and of course disagreed as UK law mandates training as work 
and an eight-hour day requires at least a one-hour break, which I'm allowed to choose what I do with. They cc'd Karen. Karen backed down but verbally told me it was an exception for me and did not share with the rest of the team. Of course I didn't comply, she was breaking the law. So I showed the email chain to everyone as they were complaining about the same thing. So me and the rest of the team came up with a little plan. Sandwiches were delivered, budget sandwiches of course, from the supermarket down the road. Instead of our slightly more expensive internal catering team who caters for this exact type of thing for our 10 floor building. I stood up and announced I was going on lunch and would be back in an hour. Cue the rest of the team, all 12, standing up after me. Karen goes, where are you all going? To which someone replied, I understand HR said that we were allowed to leave the room for the hour for lunch. The look on her face, she knew she was stuck. She couldn't say anything. We left her in there alone with the two trainers who seemed to guess something was up. I've never felt more satisfied in my life. We all had a good laugh about it outside. I think I even did a happy dance. She also knew she couldn't complain to me about it as that would highlight her breaking the rules. I felt like I was walking on air all day. After this, there was much less blaming of HR and generally she was a little skittish around me because she knew I didn't take her crap and would call her out. A second training session had to be booked since the training session would never have worked in one day. There were lots of moans and groans about how expensive the extra training session costs, of course. I left a couple of months afterwards, and so did pretty much the rest of my team, replaced by school leavers, of course. But I'm very glad I complied. I believe Karen still works there, but for a much smaller team. Honestly, I'm impressed that OP went to HR and told them about how she's breaking the law here. NHR just basically said, nah, you can do whatever you want for the hour. And that was it. She didn't get in more trouble for breaking the law with 12 employees? She didn't get reprimanded from HR? Our next story is Tales of the Evil HR Director. Long ago, I worked as a trade show director in high tech. The position required about 600 square feet for trade show stuff storage, a network testing bench, etc., The HR guy, who we'll call Jerk, because that was his nature, was a thoroughly awful person, almost universally hated. Gave me a really hard time on allocating this space. When we moved into an entire office floor, at only about 30% capacity, I quietly found a remote office, literally 200 feet from the nearest occupied office, to stash all the stuff. A couple of weeks later, he found it and told me to move it because he needed this space. 200 feet from anyone else. This hide-and-seek occurred three times in all with the last instance containing the payback. I was literally an hour away from taking a plane to go on the road for a month and my paid intern was on his last day when Dan came up and said he needed us to move all the gear from where he'd now discovered it. There followed a quite spirited conversation which ended in, wherever I put it, you tell me to move it. Okay. You tell me where to put it all, Mr. Jerk. I don't care where you put it, just get it out of here. Whereupon he flounced off to lunch with a very smug look on his face. I turned to my intern and said, Sorry, I got a plane to catch. Gonna have to drop this one on you. They said, No problem. Where do you want me to put it all? I said, Put it in his office, and then take the rest of the day off. 
I got on a plane, the intern a half day off, and Jerk was greeted post-lunch by an enormous, narrow canyon of stacked boxes, flight cases, and containers, all leading to his desk. This is beautiful, and this guy clearly deserved every bit of it. You can't help but hate people who go out of their way to be jerks just because it gets them some kind of honestly pleasure from it. Like you could. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tell this guy was like, you gotta move it out of there almost giddy to themselves that they could force you to have to do some more manual labor for no reason at all. So you want us to adhere to the company hierarchy? Sure. So I work as a mechanic in a sewage treatment plant. It's a very laid back job. In fact, three out of the eight hours was spent not working. I know that it sounds like we were a bunch of freeloaders, but it's just because the tasks we perform are simple and we do our best to do them ASAP. Anyway, the hierarchy in our plant is quite complicated, but the most important thing is that as a part of the mechanical department, our only supervisor on site is our master, at least I think that's the English translation. Both plant manager and plant master are not our supervisors, yet they, as well as other workers, asked us to carry out some jobs for them, which we gladly agreed to do, even despite most of them being out of our range of duty. You know, welding racks back together, installing a new faucet, etc. Most of the time we weren't doing anything else anyway, but sometimes we were preoccupied with our own tasks. Still, the plant master always told us that his tasks were more important and to just leave what we were doing for some other day. Due to this, many of our old tasks were left for another day, which, because of constant requests, were left sitting for months. Still, it was always his jobs that had the priority. Now is the right time to address the tense situation we had with the plant master. He's best buddies with the manager, usually blaming all of the shortcoming of his team on us. Stuff like something not being cleaned, stuff that's not a mechanical failure, stuff that's simply not important enough, or stuff that's beyond our competencies and should be taken care of by a specialist company. He also had this very annoying habit of rummaging through our tools, taking parts and using our machinery without asking. It's very annoying, but whatever. It's important to keep good relationship and work. But then he dropped the bomb. He had the list of all our old tasks that were left unfinished. The list wasn't that long, by the way, about eight things, three of which were outside of our competencies, and said that our manager and CEO will be waiting in the conference room to give us a lecture and to take away our bonuses. The meeting went very roughly. It started with the CEO saying, You can say goodbye to your bonus this month. 
then proceeded to give us a lecture about the importance of our tasks. Then he kept blabbering about us threatening our master, plant master being the only supposed witness, etc, etc. When the CEO was talking about possible solutions, the plant master did the worst calculation of his life. He proposed adhering to the company's structure and proper workflow. Well, we didn't want to oppose, since we knew what that means. We talked this over with our master. Now, every time the plant manager or master wants us something to be done, we reply with, we don't take jobs in the corridors. We have our jobs to do, sorry. We cannot afford to leave what we're doing, we have it planned for today. Or, does our master know about this? We can't do anything without him ordering it to be done. By now, no one has been to our workshop for four weeks. No extra jobs, no side jobs, nothing. Only two tasks a day that usually take 30 minutes each with the team of five. And it's all by the book. We definitely respect the company structure and have a proper workflow, focusing on our tasks. P.S. Most of the backlogs were also due to stuff breaking down, which is mostly due to a faulty infrastructure. Most of the pipes are clogged with sedimentation from picks slash packs and require thorough cleaning and rebuilding. But I guess it's cheaper to simply replace a pump which had to push the same amount of sewage through pipes that have narrowed by two times at this point. Those poor pumps. And yeah, the pipe work and technology is the responsibility of the plant master and plant manager. This just must have been music to OP's ears. They were given the go-ahead to just kick back and only do a couple things and take it easy. Absolutely, boss. I'll get right to that. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is Promise Kept. My sister Jen married right out of college and had five kids with her husband Chris over the next eight years. He preferred that she stay home with the kids. She wanted to work, but accepted that life took her in a different direction. She cared for the house and kids, and he worked long hours to comfortably support the family. Chris's employer held a black tie dinner slash event annually until 2020. Chris always attended alone, insisting that Jen needed to stay home and take care of the kids. The employer resumed the black tie events last year. My nieces and nephews then ranged from 7 to 16 years old and could stay by themselves a few hours. But Jen asked me to pick up her daughter from an activity and help with dinner on the night of the event. No problem. Jen told Chris that she had everything arranged for the kids and she was excited to go to the event. Chris said he'd rather go alone because she had put on some weight and wouldn't be able to lose it in time to look good at a formal event. But they can go next year if she tries to get back in shape. My sister called me in tears to cancel our plans. She was shocked that Chris didn't want to be seen with her. I'm not shaming anyone for their weight, but Chris has to be bordering on clinically obese and blamed the extra weight on work stress. Meanwhile, my sister was 6 pounds overweight according to the BMI chart, and she's a natural beauty. Chris wanted her to lose 30 to 40 pounds to look good enough in formal attire. Jen politely declined my offer to castrate Chris and asked that I not discuss this with our family. I reluctantly agreed, but suggested marriage counseling because nothing about that was acceptable. Jen promised Chris that she would lose weight and attend next year's event. She made an effort to eat healthier and worked out nightly after the kids were settled. She said Chris was impressed with her determination and loved that she was taking his advice. 
At our family gatherings, he was more affectionate with her and bragged that she'd been losing weight and trying to look her best for him. I bit my tongue so hard I tasted blood. About six months later, the same week that Jen had reached her personal weight loss goal, she took her kids to our parents' house and quietly filed for divorce. I later found out that Chris had refused to entertain even a conversation about marriage counseling, berated Jen in front of the kids, accused her of having affairs and the limited alone time she had to run errands for the family or get a haircut, and privately and publicly often joked that she was stuck with him because no one else would want an unskilled, unemployed, 40-something mother of five. Apparently, his demand of weight loss was the straw that broke the camel's back. Jen is now employed at a job she enjoys and spends tons of quality time with her kids. Chris sees them about one weekend a month because his work is too demanding to take care of the younger kids alone more frequently. The older two don't go to his house anymore because they say he leaves them to care for their younger siblings. This past weekend, Jen fulfilled her initial promise to Chris that she would lose weight and attend the next black tie event, but not with him. She went with a longtime friend who works for the same organization as Chris. She wore a beautiful gown and looked stunning. Chris started a conversation with her, during which he put his arm around her waist and tried to physically pull her away from her date. In front of his colleagues, she updated him on the recent accomplishments of their older children whom he had not seen or spoken with in more than two months. He awkwardly left shortly afterward, reportedly red-faced. As it turns out, many people want a 40-something mom of five, a successful man who is Jen's high school sweetheart, a good employer who values her ability to multitask, fine-tuned by years of being a dedicated mom to active kids, and her children, who are generally happy that she left their pompous twad waffle of a father. She lost a lot of weight real quick, several hundred pounds of dead weight holding her back and putting her down. See you later, Chris. You could pretty much tell too that Chris didn't really love Jen, because I just could not imagine loving somebody and telling them, aw, you need to lose 30 or 40 pounds before I can be seen in public with you. That's just treating them like a personal belonging or something. Our next story is, I hope you enjoy tripping over my computer. Nurses, for the most part, use a rolling computer that we call a WOW, workstation on wheels. Normal shifts are 7am to 7pm, or 7pm to 7am. I worked 1pm to 1am. Every day when I would come in, there would be a WOW pushed off to the side that didn't work for some reason, that was saved for me, but no one had called IT for. Our IT was great, they'd come down within half an hour, unless they had a hospital-wide calamity but they don't magically know that the WoW is down unless you call them. So every day I would come in, drag said WoW into the nurse's station, and call IT. It would usually take me 20 to 30 minutes to start working because I couldn't see any charts. My crappy boss threatened to write me up for taking too long. I pointed out that I was on the phone with IT. She did nothing but still complain that it took me too long to start working. You got it, Karen. I'd come in, push the offending wow into her office that was so small the door would hit the chairs in front of her desk, and leave it. I'd be on the floor at 1pm. I wouldn't take a patient assignment, I would just help everyone else with their tasks, starting IVs, wound care, splints, etc. Within a week, we had three new wows that we were told we didn't have the budget for, 
and a note about how the entire shift would be written up if she found a broken one without an IT ticket. She was let go for many reasons after a year on the job. We did not miss her. You know, one of the places you don't want to hear this equipment shortage issue and just overall dysfunction is happening at the hospital. I'm glad to hear that she got let go after many reasons because hospitals gotta do better than her. Our next story is question my production. I work at a company that has a production quota each day. Some days the system is very slow and it's hard to hit that quota. If there's system issues, we email the team lead and let them know what's going on, but normally only if the delay is 10 minutes or more. This particular day, I got an email, why is your production low? When I explained I was told to pick up the pace or let them know about system issues, I sent an email every time my system had a lag or was spinning longer than normal. At the end of the day, team lead said to quit emailing unless it was a 15 minute delay. Never asked about production again. I would say just make sure you get whatever they say, whatever they demand of you in writing. Cause God forbid when you're working in a production thing and somebody so much as says get more lax on something that might end up costing some serious dollars. You don't want to be the one that could be put on the hook and blamed because you don't have anything that actually dictates you were told to do this. Because otherwise you are going against procedure, right? Our next story is leaving on time. I wish I'd have been the person practicing malicious compliance here, but it was one of my colleagues, Steven. I worked night shift at the testing site for a major medical laboratory network. The shift was busy because patient specimens were collected at service centers during the day and couriers would bring all these specimens to the testing site, starting in the evening and continuing well into the night. My shift ended at 7am, when the day staff would arrive and take over the analyzers. So, the night shift supervisor had told me that if any couriered shipments arrive after 6am, I should leave them for the day shift to do, because at 6, I needed to do end-run quality control on the analyzers, clean them and file my paperwork. No time to start running a late batch of specimens, and we wouldn't get overtime for staying late to do those. But the day shift supervisor, Lily, didn't like it when samples were left for her staff to process, and she told me I should be more efficient and get them done somehow. Then one morning, she made a mistake. Instead of me on the night shift, it was Steven. Lily came in at about half past six, at the same time that a large batch of late specimens was dropped off. Stephen, you have to process those, she said to him. Stephen didn't argue. He loaded all the specimens on the analyzers, and then at exactly 7am, he quietly went home. The day shift is typically busy at the start, so no one noticed that he'd gone at first. Then the analyzers started producing results, flagging problematic specimens and so on, and everyone was searching for him. Had he gone to the washroom? Had he said anything to anyone? Where was the paperwork? What needed to be done now? Everyone was confused, and the situation created far more work than if the day shift had simply taken over from the start. Lily hated Stephen after that, but she never again told him to process late specimens either. It's one of those things that honestly, like, it sounds easier or nicer in theory. You know, I'll just get started on it, even if you get halfway through, we'll just pick it up from there. In your mind, you're like, oh, just half the work, that's not as bad anyways, right? Not when it's a delicate process and you have no documentation of what's been done. Our next story is, I could tell you, 
I was on the receiving end of some malicious compliance yesterday, but I think I got the last laugh. I went to a home improvement store to buy some numbers for my mailbox, around $3. I walk in, there's an employee there, and I ask, could you please tell me where the mailbox numbers are? With a bit of a smirk, he says, yes. We stare awkwardly at each other for a moment, and it's been a bit of a day, so it dawns on me that he's being a bit of a wise butt. I keep staring in a friendly fashion, and finally he says, You asked if I could tell you, not if I would tell you. Importantly, their biggest competition, Blue Home Improvement Store and Orange One, is located directly across the highway and I needed to drive by it to get home. So I turn around and exit. Guy goes, Where are you going? I said, Across the street. Yeah, see, I'm usually not a very outgoing person. But, I mean, I would probably tolerate this joke, but it would also be incredibly awkward. It's like, for some people, they're like, did you want me to, like, I don't know, fake laugh and reiterate, okay, can you help me now? Oh, (laughs) that's a good one. Where are the numbers for the mailbox? Thank you. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.